Hi there and welcome back to the Go With The Flow podcast with me, your host, Catherine Elliott. So today we're going to discuss some of the factors that negatively influence your hormones and what we can do to minimise the impact. There are many factors that affect our menstrual cycle that we are totally unaware of. So the first one we're going to discuss today is stress. So cortisol is our stress hormone. It is released by the adrenal glands in response to a perceived stressor. So back in the day, it would have been maybe a wild animal chasing you. You know, your cortisol was released to give you that boost of energy to get away. In today's society, our stressors look very, very different. You may be stressed at work. You may be going through a period of grief. You might have a nutrient deficiency or low blood sugar. You may have a food intolerance, you may be on medications, maybe you're overtraining or you're dieting. All these stressors accumulate over time and they add to your overall stress load. So even there, though, if I asked you, you'd be like, no, I'm not stressed at all. You can see how all of these small little things can accumulate and add to what we call your overall stress load. So if your cortisol levels are really high, This can have an impact on the production of your sex hormones. So cortisol is released in response to fast-releasing carbohydrates, which spike your blood sugar. And after your blood sugar then plummets, and as a result, your cortisol is released to maintain energy levels by releasing stored sugars in the body. So this can mean that if you're having a lot of these fast-releasing carbohydrates, that your cortisol levels may still be high in the evenings when you're trying to wind down and switch off and get ready for a restful night of sleep. So if this is the case, your sleep is going to be negatively impacted as you don't get into that lovely restful deep sleep. Okay, so then you're waking up tired, you're sleep deprived, and this is another stressor on the body. So the next factor is Um, digestion and elimination. So effective digestion and elimination are needed to eliminate all those extra or excess hormones from your body. So this process of digestion usually takes 20 to 30 hours from once you eat a food until it is excreted. If the food is being um, digested too fast and you have diarrhea, which means the body didn't get enough time to absorb the lovely nutrients from that food that you ate, And also your beneficial good bacteria in your gut um, will not have gotten a chance to use the fibre from the food as fuel. Then on the other hand, if your digestion is taking too long and you're constipated, this means that the waste is hanging around too long in your body, giving the toxins and the excess hormones a chance to recirculate in the body, causing a myriad of problems. This also allows your pathogenic or bad bacteria in your gut to consume the waste material which will lead to bloating and cramping. So any kind of digestion issue has an impact on your hormones because you're not getting those nutrient building blocks that your body needs to produce your lovely healthy hormones. So another example of a digestion issue would be if your digestive enzymes weren't working correctly then you wouldn't be breaking down your food properly, your body wouldn't be getting the essential nutrients it needs and the Um, excess hormones would be um, circulated in your um, system also causing more problems. So the next one we're going to move on to is your microbiome. 
So your microbiome, if you're not um, sure of this term, is a collection of all the microbes such as bacteria, fungi, viruses that live naturally in your body. When our bodies are healthy, the beneficial bacteria are thriving in our bodies and they keep those pathogenic and um, or bad bacteria um, at, in, in check or at bay. So when there's a loss of diversity in our microbiome or when the pathogenic organisms increase, this has an impact on our health and is sometimes referred to as gut dysbiosis. So gut dysbiosis can cause poor immunity, hormonal imbalances, skin conditions, just to name a few. So a healthy gut microbiome also assists in the removal of estrogens um, via your stool. So when there's too much of the pathogenic bacteria, this can impair the breakdown of estrogen, giving it time to reabsorb back into the body, causing excess estrogen or estrogen dominance. Okay, so the next factor we're going to move on to is environmental toxins or zen estrogens. So some sources of environmental toxins are um, your food cans. So your food cans are lined with a plastic called BPA unless it states otherwise, there are brands that um, don't use BPA. Um, and as you may know, BPA is um, an endocrine or hormone disruptor. Fluoride, which is in our water and our toothpaste. Diesel, lead in old paint. This won't be an issue for most people, but there may be some of you who are living maybe in an old house or working in an old building where there's still lead paint on the walls. Mercury, which we can get from fish or old dental fillings or amalgams. Exhaust fumes, insect pesticides, flame retardants on our furniture, aerosol cans and smoking. So many of these toxins need to be detoxified by your liver and eliminated from the body via your urinary and digestive tracts. And this process leads not leads um, a lot of energy and therefore high levels of nutrients such as B vitamins, magnesium, um, amino acids and antioxidants. So another term is xenestrogens and these are man-made chemicals that disrupt the hormonal system. They bind to our estrogen receptors and they send false signals which disrupt our hormones. And xenestrogens can lead to estrogen dominance okay, or estrogen not being in balance with progesterone. So some examples of products that contain xenestrogens, there's a long list of them not to scare you too much, are cleaning products, our laundry products, our beauty products, air fresheners, scented candles, perfumes, plastics, especially BPA. So um, we're always looking out for plastics that say BPA free. Your till receipts. Till receipts are often coated with a plastic um, BPA also. Um, your tap water and cookware, especially um, cookware that has that non-stick coating, it will have PFAs in them. So the next thing we're going to look at is your blood sugar levels and how they affect your hormones. So when it comes to blood sugar, we often hear the word insulin. So what is insulin and what is its role in the body? Insulin is a hormone that is made by the pancreas and its role in the body is to move glucose, which is broken down carbohydrates, which we need, into the cells of the body so that it can be used for energy production. If your cells are already filled with glucose, then the excess is stored as fat. So when we eat carbohydrates, which we need for our energy, 
your insulin levels should increase so that it can move the glucose into your cells where it's needed and then decrease quickly again, leaving enough glucose in the blood um, in case you need it for an emergency situation. So then you may have heard the term insulin resistance. So what's insulin resistance? So this is when the body no longer responds to its insulin signals to take glucose from the blood. Your insulin is like, no, you've called on me too many times and you've rang that bell just too many times. I'm not responding anymore. So insulin resistance can be caused by a diet that's very high in refined carbohydrates, maybe a lack of exercise, smoking, stress, a lack of sleep, and also um, being overweight. So having both high and low estrogen can contribute to insulin resistance also, which is a precursor, as we know, to type 2 diabetes. So it's very important that we keep our hormones balanced. So the next factor that we're going to look at is inflammation. Chronic inflammation contributes to all types of period problems. So Lara Bryden in her book Period Repair Manual um, states that inflammation can impede ovulation and impair progesterone production. So due to this, it's very important that we try to reduce inflammation in our bodies. And some sources of inflammation include food intolerances or inflammatory foods, chronic stress, blood sugar imbalances, environmental toxins, poor sleep, digestion issues, lack of exercise, smoking, and unhealthy gut microbiome. So I mentioned inflammatory foods there. So what are inflammatory foods? So again, Laura Bryden in her um, book, The Period Repair Manual, states five inflammatory foods or five of the main ones. And these are sugar, alcohol, wheat, dairy, and vegetable or seed oils. So the first two, sugar and alcohol, we know ourselves, we need to kind of minimize those in our diets. The next two, wheat and dairy, are not going to be inflammatory for everybody. So wheat, um, as we know, would be very much related to people who have celiac disease. Um, and this obviously is a huge inflammatory food for, for them and they have to avoid it completely. But people can still be sensitive to wheat or gluten, even though they don't have celiac disease. They may still have um, a sensitivity to it, which would be um, inflammatory for those people. So this um, would be important um, to get a food intolerance test to find out, you know, if you have any um, food intolerances, because these are going to cause inflammation in the body. The next one is dairy. Again, it's not going to be inflammatory for everybody. Some people will be able to um, tolerate dairy um, absolutely fine. For others, though, they may be intolerant to the lacto lactose or casein that we find in dairy products. And again, a food intolerance test will um, find this for you. And the last one is vegetable or seed oils. So these are inflammatory if they're very processed, okay? So it's probably better to avoid them in, um, when you're cooking and use um, olive oil, coconut oil, avocado oil, um, butter or ghee, which is clarified butter. Um, these are kind of the safer options. Okay, so they are our main um, factors that negatively influence our um, hormones. So let's just have a little recap. So there are many factors that affect our hormones. So it's really important that we're aware of them. Um, when we're aware, we can take steps to reduce them. 
we're not going to be able to avoid all these factors in our lives. All we can do is be aware of them and reduce them as much as we can. So the main ones were stress, digestion and elimination, your microbiome, environmental toxins, blood sugar levels and inflammation. So as I said, now we're um, aware of them. We can maybe make um, smarter choices. You know, there's a lot of environmental toxins and xenestrogens in our products. As I said, we're not going to be able to avoid them all, but we can maybe sm make smarter choices um, and try and reduce that load, that um, toxic load that um, we have on our bodies. And um, once we do that, we're going to have more balanced hormones, which will um, directly affect our menstrual cycle for the better. So if you have any questions, please do DM me on Instagram at wellnesswithcatherine. And if you enjoyed this episode, please do let me know. And if there's any uh, certain topics that you would like me to discuss in future episodes, please do let me know also. So thanks a million for tuning in and I'll chat to you next time.